The Real Estate Sessions is brought to you by FIRST. FIRST knows that a real estate professional's most valuable asset is their relationships. A strong personal network is the moat that can guard against any industry disruption. But there is never enough time to nurture your network the way you want to. FIRST powers top agents with artificial intelligence to spotlight the people who are most likely to sell. This brings focus and attention to make important connections when it matters most. Learn more and request a free demo at first.io. So anything that our agents are putting out there has to be approved by me. However, since we have a smaller company and we have a team, we can, we can get those things out quicker because we can just approve same day or create flyers or brochures or videos very quickly. So that also gives us the opportunity, if we're working with somebody who has a different vision, we can take the savvy template and sort of customize it and tweak it for them, but still not lose our look and feel and vision for the brand. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice for real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 149 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. As I always say, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for telling a friend. It's how we continue to grow. And and I really appreciate it if you have a chance to head on over at iTunes or wherever you like to listen to your podcast, leave a rating and a review. That would be amazing. Just kind of helps this little show get a little bit bigger. So thanks again. Uh, This week, uh, I'm going back to my Inman Ambassador roots. This is really cool. I've, I've connected with so many really smart people doing cool things in the industry. Uh, and th- the last event I was at, Inman Connect New York, I met for the first time Julie Tambusi. And Julie's with Savvy & Company Real Estate in North Carolina. Uh, she's She runs their marketing department. She's done a lot of stuff for this team. And I can't wait to talk to her. Julie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Bill. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm, it's a pleasure. Great. Well, I, I'll see you in a few weeks. We're recording this at the end of June, and uh, we'll be in San Francisco at Inman Connect, right? Yes, we will. I think it's less than three weeks. I can't wait. It's going to be an incredible week. It will be. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and, you, and as I mentioned in the opening, you and I met in New York this past January. How, how long has um, you know, Inman Connect been on your radar? How long have you been attending the events? Uh, how long have you been an ambassador? I, yeah, I've actually been going to, I think this will be my eighth Inman Connect. This will be my third time in San Francisco. And this past New York was my first time as an ambassador, but my fifth time to Inman Connect New York. The first year I, I went by myself, uh, the content, the information was so invaluable. And I thought it would be great for our agents at Savvy and Company to join me. So the following year, I had two agents. Then the next year, I had five. I, at one point, we had 10 agents come to a conference. People ask me all the time about Inman. You know, is it really worth it? I mean, it's, it's kind of expensive. The, you know, the trip, I'm there for four or five days. What's your, how do you respond to that question? When you go to Inman Connect, you are bringing home actionable strategies that you can implement immediately in your business to stand out from your competition. And uh, that to me has been the reason why I keep coming back year after year. Every year I have something that I take home to help grow our business. What are you looking forward to in San Francisco in a few weeks? We've, we've seen kind of the agenda build over the last few months. Is there something that's really um, got you, got, got you, piqued your interest? Yeah, two things. Both are near and dear to my heart. The first one is the Indie Broker Summit. Just the fact that it's targeted content and information for independent brokerages is just so invaluable. 
Uh, last year, one of our owners spoke at the Indie Broker Summit, and this year he's flying out to San Francisco just for the day, just to go to that Indie Broker Summit. So it's, it's a really great content for independent brokerages. And the second thing I'm looking forward to is the first ever CMO Summit for marketing leaders. And that's four hours on Tuesday. And looking at the agenda, we're really going to dive deep into the strategies and tactics to scale and expand your reach and effectively, effectively track ROI. So I'm really looking forward to that. My guess, as an ambassador, you'll be covering both of those events, correct? Yes, I will be. <laughs> Good. In addition to others. Yeah, exactly. Personally, I love San Francisco. It has a different different vibe than New York. Since you've been to both, you might agree with that, right? Where San Francisco feels real techie. Is that, do you, does that make sense? I, I do agree with that. And San Francisco does feel more tech-focused, Yeah, which is something that I really am interested in personally. So it, it's just kind of cool to, to see all the latest tech trends. And, and that, that correlates so much with marketing these days. Great content. Let me go backwards a little bit, because usually I start the podcast, you know, and I always want to find out where people are from. And so uh, yeah. I've had a number of guests from uh, the Garden State, New Jersey, and I know you grew up there as well. But but I believe you're kind of more like central New Jersey, near Philly, and everyone I've talked to, they've all been kind of up north. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, the, that part of the Garden State and, in, in, um, you know, what it was like growing up there. Sure. Well, actually, outside of Philadelphia, that is considered South Jersey. Okay. So I say I'm from South Jersey. If I'm talking to somebody from New Jersey, I don't say I'm from New Jersey. I say I'm from South Jersey. And there was a really great, um, not sure if you saw it on Facebook, a clip that Stephen Colbert did. Is Central Jersey a real thing? Did you see that? I did not, but recently? now I can find it, right? <laughs> you have to find it. Our, one of our fellow ambassadors in New York, Tracy Freeman, uh, shared it. She's also from New Jersey. Anyway, it's fantastic. And the governor of New Jersey is from Central Jersey. And he's claiming it's a real thing. And then they interview John Stewart, who was also from New Jersey. And he's the judge. And he says Central Jersey does exist. And uh, it, it's really great. It's, it's hilarious. You have to watch it. I'll find it. I'll put it in the notes for the show so, so everybody that listens can check yeah. it out. So. I'm just guessing, you know, growing up because you're like you're just across the Delaware, basically from Philadelphia, right? Yeah. So where I grew up was about 15 minutes from Philadelphia, and I actually went to high school in Pennsylvania. So every day I was commuting through Philly. Okay. So in addition to being a Jersey girl, I consider myself a Philly girl too. Right. So that's quite different than somebody growing up, you know, across the say, you know, just south of Manhattan, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So let's, I got to ask you this question then. So I'm just going to assume your sports teams are probably like the Eagles and, you know, the Phillies oh, yeah. and the Sixers. Birds. Okay. So yep. you had a great year last year, right? Yeah, it was fantastic. One of my first memories is going to an Eagles game with my dad when I was four. Um, I come from a, a really passionate Philadelphia sports family. Last year was huge for us. It was actually really fun. My entire family from New Jersey came down to see the Eagles play the Panthers. I think it was in October, and it was really exciting. And uh, I, I also have season tickets to the Panthers, so it was kind of a difficult game for me to watch. But ultimately, I was I was rooting for my home team, so the Philadelphia Eagles. You are a season ticket holder for the Panthers, and you wore an Eagles jersey to the game. 
I did not wear, I wore black. <laughs> Good answer. I stayed neutral. <laughs> you know what? It's so funny because I, you know, I worked in professional sport for the Padres for a number of years and the Chargers for a little while, much like Carolina where people love to travel there for games because of the great weather. We had tons right. of other team would show up. And, and uh, I always said, if I ever moved to another city, I'd, I'd be cognizant of the fact that I don't want to root for a, the other team in, in my new hometown. And so hats off to you for, I think, doing the right thing. Deep down, you're rooting for the Eagles, but you don't have to show it, right? Yes, yes. Perfect. And you can just remain neutral and wear black. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, black works for everything. Let's talk about then as you, you grow up, you, you mentioned you went to high school uh, in, uh, in Philly. But let's talk about college. You went to Fordham, correct? Yes, I went to Fordham in uh, the Lincoln Center campus in Manhattan. My major was visual arts with a concentration in painting and drawing. As you entered, you know, the university, what was your uh, what was your dream job? What did you want to be when you got out of there? So my dream job, I actually landed when I graduated and I worked for a prominent art gallery in New York City uh, with other locations all over the world. And it was fantastic and a dream come true. However, the art world is a very competitive job environment. I, I needed to take a change in my career path to sustain living in New York. So I responded to a Craigslist ad and ultimately ended up working for a commercial real estate company. And 12 years later, I am still in the real estate industry. What was that first job you took uh, with a commercial? What was it? Was it kind of help with marketing pieces or what were you doing? It was a smaller brokerage in commercial real estate in New York and Long Island. And I was working as an office admin there, helping them collect and, and organize their data. And I saw their marketing pieces and wanted to get into the marketing side of things and, and kind of was trying to pull my arts background and graphic design background. And I knew I could help them with their marketing pieces. So I decided to go back to school and I went back to Parsons for digital and graphic design. And then I became the marketing manager at this commercial real estate company. And commercial is a whole different beast from uh, the, your, we'll talk shortly about you and the residential side of things, but talk for a second about commercial. You're talking about, you know, long pipelines, you know, long timelines and, and um, you know, really kind of detailed production of, of collateral, right? A little bit different than residential. Yeah, it, it, it was a little bit different, but looking back on it, I was, kind of doing similar things to what I'm doing now. A big part of my scope and projects was marketing neighborhoods to big box retailers who weren't familiar with Manhattan or, you know, just how, why health kitchen is different than Chelsea. And I would create these marketing pieces, these maps and present that to their clients to, to sell them on neighborhoods. And that's something that I do also do uh, in Charlotte right now in residential brokerage. And let's 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 use that to transition to today. You somehow you end up in Charlotte, North Carolina, and so let's talk about that. How did that happen? From uh, moving from Manhattan to Charlotte, that's a that's a big change. Yeah, this is actually a really funny story that uh, I haven't shared with many people, besides my close family and friends. My husband and I were engaged, and we I had been living in New York for ten years. He had been living there for two, and that was enough for him. So we picked places all over the country where we wanted to move. Seattle, Key West, Charleston. 
And we ultimately decided on the Carolinas for several reasons. Uh, Cheaper cost of living, warmer environment, and it was still within driving distance back to my hometown in Jersey. I had interviewed a bunch of places, but wasn't really getting anything, but we still really wanted to make the move. But neither one of us wanted to be the one to say, yes, we're doing it. So one night we decided to take a vote, the two of us. And we made these ballots that said we're moving to Charlotte, hell or high water. And we were going to do a secret vote, put it in a hat. And if it both came out, yes, then we were going to call our landlord and cancel our lease. So we took the vote. (laughs) We both said yes. We were crying. My husband called our landlord, said we were canceling our lease. And the next day, I had an Skype interview with Lexi Longstreet, who is one of the owners of Savvy and Company. And she had seen my portfolio. I had sent her my resume. And we hit it off. That afternoon, I had an interview with the other Savvy owner, Sean Roth. And then I had the job the next day with Savvy. Without ever having seen the Savvy office, met the owners in person, the day after we had decided to make the move. Kismet, uh, you know, divine interview, whatever you want to call it. That's amazing. That's that's a great. I know, I know. (laughs) So then your I still can't believe it happened. (laughs) Wow. And then your husband obviously was able to find something once you guys got down there. And so now, how long have you been in Charlotte? Yes. So now we've been in Charlotte for eight and a half years. So I've been with Savvy and Company Real Estate for eight and a half years. Wow. Let's talk about Savvy and Company. First of all, I dig the name. There's got to be a story behind that. Is there? Thanks. You know, actually, just uh, an idea of Lexi Longstreet. She is one of the owners and she had this vision of what Savvy could be. And she's a super creative person. The motto that her and Sean came up with for Savvy was smart real estate, nice people. And I think out of smart real estate, nice people is how she developed the name Savvy and Company. I love it. When you started there, how big was the brokerage? How big is it now? Because you've been there, you said eight years, over eight years. Yeah. So I, when I started, we probably had about 15 agents and I was the only one who really was working who was not a licensed agent uh, besides our bookkeeper. And so I was wearing many hats. Uh, I was doing the marketing. I was doing the office management. I was doing operations, in-house IT. even a therapist at some point. So I was doing a lot of the uh, in-house work, uh, almost all of it. But that was eight and a half years ago, and we've grown substantially since then. So talk about how big is the operation now? You have multiple offices? Yeah, so now we have two offices and about 60 agents. We have a in-house marketing team with three full-time people and one part-time person. And now we have a whole operations department that uh, helps us manage the office. And we recently just hired a transaction coordinator. So let's let's talk about your role, director of marketing. Uh, I imagine you mentioned Lexi and how creative she is. So my guess is that there's a very collaborative effort going on between the two of you and and maybe the other owner as well is is how, um, you know, how how the how the brand is going to look and uh, feel. Uh, Talk about that energy and how that all works together to kind of create really what you've created there, which is amazing. For anyone listening, go to Savvy and Company on the the web and check out what they're doing. It's it's spectacular. Thank you so much. 
I think one of the benefits of working for an indie brokerage is that we have the ability to make changes and adapt really quickly. So we're not scared to do something that a little bit crazy, a little bit out of the box. And we can quickly measure, is it working? Is it not working? Do we need to tweak this? And we don't have to go through a whole process of people approving something before we push it out. And so Lexi and I have worked closely, very, very closely for the last eight years and have been able to brainstorm ideas off each other and just grow the company in ways that has just been incredible. You talked about the inspiration and the ideas you get from an Inman event. Have you ever, can you remember an idea maybe that you brought back from Inman that you saw there and got back to Lexi and said, oh my gosh, check this out. We got to, we got to work down this path. Uh, there are several vendors that I have made relationships with that I remember were just starting out. I remember meeting them in Vendor Alley and just connecting with them. And, and they were connecting with our savvy brand and they wanted to partner with us because they liked how fresh and forward thinking we were. And they felt the same way. And we have partnered with those companies for several years and, and we brought back their technology. And, and there are certain vendors that have helped us significantly to grow and succeed. I would imagine in your role, one of the things you have to do is provide tools or collateral to the agents, you know, for their, to help them with their marketing. I mean, that's part of the process, right? Mm-hmm. I've been in this business a long time. Um, and I know that a lot of agents operate differently. No two agents are alike. Let's call it snowflakes, right? <laughs> so how, how do you, how do you tailor that or how do you get buy-in from a diverse group of 60 agents into something that you're trying to promote because you, you, I'm sure you're, you strive for consistency. And so how does, how does all that come together? So I think one of our greatest strengths is that we've developed this incredible, creative, talented in-house marketing team. So we have created template flyers, newsletters. Everything was originally created by me by scratch down to our WordPress templates, all of that. So So anything that our agents are putting out there has to be approved by me. However, since we have a smaller company and we have a team, we can, we can get those things out quicker because we can just approve same day or create flyers or brochures or videos very quickly. So that also gives us the opportunity if we're working with somebody who has a different vision, we can take the savvy template and sort of customize it and tweak it for them, but still not lose our look and feel and vision for the brand. Right. How about on the video side of things? Is there ever the time when somebody wants to maybe um, get into the video game, but maybe they're, they don't have quite what it takes or do you, you know, how do you handle that process? Are you able to coach them up a little bit or are you able to work magic yeah. with editing? <laughs> how do you yeah, a, a little bit. I actually love to edit video and shoot video. So if an agent does want to do, a, let's say, a neighborhood video, I can either sit with them one-on-one and we can discuss different ways that for uh, our company Christmas gift that we gave all of our agents was uh, a gimbal, a camera stabilizer, nice. because we wanted to encourage everyone to start using video in their marketing plans for 2018. So I sometimes I'll sit with an agent one-on-one and give them tips on how to do a home tour, or I've also taught classes to the entire company on uh, Facebook Live video tips, just 
whatever they can do to, to work on their video strategy. I've come to find over the years, and I'm sure you have as well, a lot of it is, it's just practice. You just got to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to keep doing it, right? Yes, definitely. I would also imagine that Savvy and Company is a, is a brand, and now, you know, I'm sure very well known in the Charlotte area. It probably takes a certain type of realtor then to fit into the culture there. And so does that kind of help uh, make your job easier? Because if somebody's being hired into the uh, company, they're, they're already... They already, you already have that buy-in that you need. Yes. I'm very passionate about what I do. I love working with real estate agents. I love the opportunity that working in an indie brokerage gives me to be creative and explore new ideas. And every one of my team members that I've brought on feels the same way. So we want to work with agents and we want agents to join our brokerages that are just as equally as passionate about real estate and helping people. So we put a a strong emphasis on our motto, which again is smart real estate, nice people. I love that. You know, I've asked thousands of realtors around the country how important relationships are in in real Mm -hmm. estate. Like, are they critical to your success? And it's the one question I've asked that's unanimous. Every single person says, yes, they're critical. They're they're everything. Um, Yet, and I know you've seen this as well. There's There are a lot of people doing things that really don't have anything to do with relationship building. They kind of right. go off on these different tangents and and that, that doesn't seem to work as well. Would you kind of agree with that? I definitely agree with that. To me, real, real estate is all about the relationship. Yeah. Let's see. How can I put this question without you getting upset? Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. Go for it. Yeah, no. So I don't want to get any secrets from you because I don't want to, you know, mm-hmm. help the competition, but is there something you're working on or something really cool that's you're thinking about rolling out that, that you can tell us, you know, on the podcast? Yeah, actually we have quite a few exciting things coming up. We recently, a few months ago, hired a really talented graphic designer and uh, she's working with me to give a, a refresh to some of our existing marketing templates. So we're hoping to roll out some new flyer templates, uh, in fact, a new website, of, of a, a little fresh new look to uh, the Savvy brand later this summer. It's a big undertaking, but uh, I think we can do it. She's also helping me and Charlotte market and brand several new development projects that are coming up later this year. We did a lot of new development projects this uh, past spring. In fact, in one week, we launched three new projects <laughs> with three launch parties. So uh, that's pretty exciting. But since uh, since you're in Florida, I will tell you this: we actually have a savvy Gainesville and a savvy Ocala now that just started within the last year or so. And uh, they sign a marketing licensing agreement with us. And we're discussing the possibility of looking into signing more of those in the future. Wow, that's awesome. They're they're actually owned and operated locally. Yes, so uh, they are owned and operated locally and we have a marketing licensing agreement with them. So the templates that we create, we share with them. Wow, that's great. And they are actually a part of our company culture. We are all on Workplace together, which has been a great place to share ideas and content and listings with our staff and agents. And so... That's how I share some of our new ideas and marketing collateral with those two offices. 
You mentioned a website redesign. Um, those are all custom sites. Are they WordPress sites that you do? You know, your yeah, main site? all yeah. WordPress. Okay, and so uh, you are you kind of a WordPress coder a little bit? It sounds like you kind of. I oh. am. Yes, I. Uh, in addition to Fordham and Parsons, um, <laughs> I was also taught by Google. <laughs> I uh, have learned several computer languages through Google. Of course, HTML, a little bit of JavaScript here and there. Yeah, I, lo- I love doing that side of side of things. I will be redesigning the Savvy website later this summer. That's awesome. Well, I can't wait to see it. Um, look, Julie, I've had you here the half hour I asked of your time. So let me ask you the same final question that I've asked every guest on the podcast. And that's, if you could give one piece of advice to an agent just getting started in the business, what would it be? Just one piece of advice. <laughs> well, let's go two if you want. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. No, because I think there are a lot, you know, don't get distracted by the shiny objects, um, find a great mentor. But ultimately, I think that all comes under finding the right brokerage for you. You know, the one that will provide the training and the tools and everything that you need to succeed. And one where you are passionate about their company culture. And I'll follow up on that. Is that that doesn't necessarily mean an indie brokerage. It could be a big brand. It could be, it's whatever fits that person's needs. Is that what you're saying? That's definitely true. That's definitely true. Yeah. We've had agents who have wanted to join Savvy where we actually recommended that they join a larger brand because there are pros and cons to every brokerage and different ways that they can help agents succeed. So. Right. Julie, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Sure. Well, you can follow me on Instagram. It's Julie underscore Tambusi or Twitter, which is just at Julie Tambusi. And I'm also on Facebook. Or you can visit our Savvy and Company website, which is um, just how it sounds, Savvy and Company, all spelled out. Shoot me an email. Julie, thank you so much for your time today. It was really fun getting to know a little bit more about you. So uh, we will see you in just a few weeks, right? Yeah, sounds good. I Less than three weeks. Thanks, Bill.